All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hit Factor. We are all back from our vacations in Colorado and the Bighorn match. We've got that to talk about. There's a few other matches across the country uh, that there's some just crazy results that we got to talk about. And uh, I don't know, maybe the guys have something else. But Jeff, how was your uh, vacation in Colorado? It was good. It was good. We didn't get to do as much as I thought we were going to have time to do, but it was good. We went to the zoo and, uh, geez, what else to do? We had some good food. We had some ice cream. Uh, we did something else. We did zoo one day and damn it. I can't remember. Anyway, it was a good old. time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Thea loved it. Very enjoyable. And I won, also, and I won the match. So yeah. 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 I was gonna hit on I was gonna hit on that just briefly. Jeff uh also was the production winner at the second annual Bighorn Colorado State Invitational. And you shot a pretty darn good match. I mean, in all honesty, like you shot shot really well. Um what did you guys think of the well first of all what did y'all think of the facilities so the the range facilities are really nice the thing that doesn't make sense is it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in respect to like ranges like as far away as it is from like a major airport and everything Dude, you can fly into gunnison no what i'm saying is is it, it's it's odd i mean the great state junction, spent, I'm sorry it's odd that this state spent so much money for where it's at where but, else were they going to be able to buy 2800 acres in the side of a hill where you can shoot anything you want to for yes. relatively cheap it's it's a nice facility it just seems like it's kind of in an odd spot i i i mean i disagree just from the standpoint like you're four hours from salt lake you're four hours from denver uh there's a massive hunting community there uh like it's I just kind of disagree with that statement, but I mean, if you want it to be in Denver, yes, but then you're going to have to deal with Denver politics, uh, being all around it. And you're also going to be, I hey, you're gonna have to go like I 50 just, miles outside of Denver. Just pointing out that it seems like a, it's a really nice facility. It just seems kind of like odd placement for the amount of money they had to spend. I mean, they had, they must've had like 40 of those four seater Kawasaki meals out there. I mean, just, uh, they've got 60. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. They probably yeah, got, got a, probably got a volume discount. They're probably like half a million. Yeah, they they have a ton of those things. Um, the sporting, so, I mean, yeah, the the state has put a lot of money into it. Um, anytime you're buying a hunting fishing license uh, in Colorado, like that's where that money's okay. going. Um, is going into that facility and other places as well. So I I was out there with hitting. So we also shot sporting clays. Uh, out there so they had two sporting clays ranges one was kind of like i'd describe it kind of condensed like a real short walk one and then like a more normal one but they, they were certainly interesting and a lot different than what you see you know in my area kansas city uh, yeah the sporting we, clays courses are awesome we also drove like way back in there probably like three or four miles on like after you get out of the when it says you're leaving the range it just goes forever through that canyon yeah so, yeah, it's it's the one of the coolest properties I've ever seen. 
And then I saw they were also building like six or seven new bays on the left side of the road as you enter. So, yeah, they've got eight more eight more action pistol bays uh, that they're building. It's a cool facility. It's definitely got a lot of room and stuff. And the, I don't know how, well, Jeff, you're probably getting some humidity down there in Oklahoma, but like from my standpoint, coming from Kansas City, it was really nice for the lack of humidity. It's like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a desert uh, climate there. 85 or 90 degrees or whatever it was while we were there, but there was like 30% humidity. It just felt so comfortable compared to what had been here for the last week. Yeah, and we did get super lucky on the uh, the the weather as far as like the temperature because seven days prior to the match it was twenty degrees hotter. Uh, so we we got lucky, which was great. Um, but yeah, it's normally not not super wet there. Yeah, I thought it was pretty sweet the the facility. Um, I think my favorite part of it was the the bays that were backed up by the the giant cliff wall there. Yeah. Uh, that was just freaking unique, man, with the the echoing that you get, the shots off of that face, and it echoes off, it echoes multiple times, right? So like one shot, it's like it echoes for like, I don't know, 10 seconds or something. You'll hear it just echo over and over. And then as people kept shooting, it like builds, and it like sounds like freaking thunder or train. I mean, it's cool to listen, but it also, you didn't notice it at all if you were shooting. Uh, yeah. So that was good. But uh, yeah, I yeah it was pretty cool. Yeah, the facilities are awesome. Uh, like, oh. they built the base. They're, they're literally rainproof. Like, they, like, they're not going to, like, pull up and flood. We didn't have to deal with that. But they're all built so that they will drain out. Um, they're, like, they're basically a rock base. Um, I can't remember how much... <laughs> How much they put in, but they went in and like built like built the surface base. It's not like they just cut holes in the ground and just whatever whatever surface was there. They built it up uh, so it will drain. Um, you got covers for every single bay that two squads can get in if it does rain. Um, yeah, the facility is the best facility in the country. Um, like they, from that standpoint, like there's nothing. I haven't seen anything that even comes close. From my standpoint. So what did you guys think about the uh, the stages for the Bighorn? All right. So the stages were really good. Like all of them were good, well thought out stages, you know, overly interesting and stuff. But when talking about the stages, what I would prefer to see is I don't particularly like shooting 11, 29 to 32 round stages in one like 22 round stage. Like see a little more mix on some short and medium courses in there as well. But all 11 of the field courses were good. Like they were all good courses. I just like to see a better mix. And then the, the one round stage they had was, it was interesting because of the activate the, all the no penalty mic activators in it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally like bombed that stage in a bad way, but that's okay. I still hit all the I hit all the uh the activated targets. I just I don't think used a lot of extra bullets on the steel. I don't think anybody in production shot the center activator though. Because it would have been an extra load. Interesting. I didn't I didn't factor it up for a ten round. I shot for the a ten center. round gun. I shot them all. You shot the center oh, one? Well, they, I didn't think you did. 
Pretty sure I did. Hmm. Maybe that's why he won. No, oh, I think Jared beat me on that one. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our our scores were really close, but I I dropped too many points on the on the disappearing targets. I accidentally shot one of the activators on that too because I ran to eleven in the first position because of a makeup shot on a on one of the mini poppers, and then on the last spot, so I only had ten rounds. I had a makeup shot on one of the one of the poppers, so I didn't have enough rounds for the the activator, so I only shot the steel. Nice. Uh, my take on the the match. Well, let's just just the stages first. Um, so I still feel the same way as I said before the match. Like, I would like to see some more short courses, but we've already said that. So, um, my uh, my other thing about the match, it's not really a critique. It's just kind of a thought. Um, so initially, after I shot it, I was like, man. Uh, I wish there would have been more partials on this on this uh, this match, um, but the match was already really difficult, right? Uh, there was a lot of really long shooting, like there was just a long shooting match, uh, a lot of medium to long range targets, and uh, so then I kind of decided later on that I was okay with that. I like I liked that flavor. Uh, just as well or it was just a nice change right so like you can partial up targets and make them difficult or you can throw them out at 30 yards and make them more difficult i don't I don't really care either way is fine with me uh so yeah it, it was interesting other, other than i would like to see some more variety in in round counts but yeah it was good i i, I really liked it um you bring up a good point too on like the the difficulty of the match with minimal use of like partial targets. I don't think there was anything partial that was more than probably like ten yards away. I mean, there's very I mean, little. Yeah, there was there was like little. three no shoots in the match and like four hard cover. I know. I, I shot one of the, the no shoots too. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I pushed a shot just a little bit right, and it was just right in the no shoot. Instant makeup, but it was still a no shoot. Wow. But, uh, you know, it, it brings up a good point. Like, you could you can add difficulty to a match without just throwing no shoots on everything. Like putting hardcover on every target or no shoots on every hard, every target isn't all that interesting. But like making it where you're shooting a target at say six, eight, ten yards, whatever, and then then your next target is a twenty yard target, or the ideal target to come into is a twenty yard target. You add difficulty, and it keeps it interesting. Instead of just throwing hardcover everywhere, no shoots everywhere. So yeah, I mean, I think both ways are interesting. I'm not, yeah, I, I not think it go either not, way. Not one is better than the other, but one of those things you see all the time and the other you don't. I mean, how often do you guys see a reasonable target at like 20 yards, 25 yards in a stage? We don't see very many of them. And yeah, especially, well, yeah, I mean, and that, go ahead, because Jeff. people have, people have shorter bays and they're trying to, you know, not yeah, use a, I know. A I know locally. Bay, but. I know locally when we see what someone thinks is a hard target, they'll throw a a piece of a mini popper out at like thirty five yards or something, or a large popper at like forty yards. And like personally, I just think that's kind of a dumb target. One, a full size popper that far away is just a recipe for disaster. Like as far as like causing reshoots, and then two, especially on like local matches, 
is it's just devastating to newer people. Because, uh, you know, a piece of paper, someone shoots two or three times at it, and they don't know whether they hit it or not. But you stick a mini popper at 25 or 35 yards or something, and they know every time they miss, and they just keep shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, the the range there is a little bit unique from most, like most ranges that you go into the country don't have the size of bays that they do to put the amount of the size of stage as far as how much you track, like how much you run. Because when the, the stages were big, as far as like the space that you had to move in, they were quite big and then, and still then have distance to be able to put targets at 40 yards, at mini poppers at 20 yards, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, that's the, that is a little bit unique about that facility. Most places can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Another important one to remember on that too, is like, while they had a lot of space and they utilized it well, as far as like the big stages is it, it wasn't like stupid use of big stages. It wasn't like shoot a target here and then run 40 yards and shoot another target. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of movement that was, that was more than five or 10 yards between shooting positions. No, you weren't doing just a ton so, of, I mean, there was, so, a, there were a few, a few big movements, but not a, like a ton, but it, it wasn't just a track meet. No, which is, is good. Yeah. Yeah. So my take on the stage is that like, if you, and I, like I've talked with the, uh, well, a guy that's really involved with the, with the setting up of the match and stuff like that. And, and I think he's going to listen to some of this and, and I think they're going to make some tweaks. Um, but, there was you didn't walk on that match and go to any one stage and be like this stage is terrible, like every stage by itself was a good stage, um, but for the reasons that you guys mentioned, kind of all open targets at medium to far distances, um, all twenty eight to thirty two rounds basically on all stages. It was basically like we were tested on the same thing over and over and over and over again. Uh, it, we the you weren't being tested on different things throughout the shooting for the most part. It was for the most part you were being tested on uh, just marksmanship fundamentals. Um, that that was which is obviously a massive part of our sport. And some people are probably shouting at like they're like screaming at their microphones as they hear this. Like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is marksmanship fundamentals? Yes. Um, but there's a different skill to to be able to shoot a twelve thirteen hit factor. Um, with a low cap gun or even a high cap gun, like that's a different skill than shooting really good points on a seven hit factor stage. Um, you know, so like, so I think, I think there was kind of, it was a bit the state, the match of itself as a whole was a bit of a one note wonder. Um, and, and I think they, I, th I think there's going to be more variety, um, in the, uh, in the future matches. Um, if, if it, ha like it's not been announced, I don't know if they'll have a big horn next year, but hopefully they will. Um, I th think there'll be more variety, uh, yeah. in future matches. And, you know, with the, with the round count, uh, or stage, uh, round count, like, I think personally for me is I probably wouldn't care as much if I shoot in high cap, but it gets really old with production when you're sh loading three or four times on every single stage. And it's a tr it's a trend I see everywhere as, as everybody's being pushed to the high cap divisions with uh, carry optics and everything. And you just a lot of times it, it starts getting almost annoying to shoot low cap divisions on some of the stages. Like a, a good field course is is fun with a production gun, 
but 11 of them get kind of old. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I mean, personally, I don't care about the, the reloading. I just, I just like when there's some shorter stage. I just think the shorter stages are just can be, they can add interest to the match that just having a bunch of, a bunch of long courses doesn't. You know, with well, a short course, like a short or medium course, it does not mean a stand and shoot. Like you can still have movement in it in different positions and stuff. It just, you know, you take uh, what would have been a field course and maybe you cut out the last position and pull a couple other targets out and then you have a, you know, a good short course. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely good. I mean, there's definitely good ways and bad ways to make uh, short courses or medium courses. And again, by the way that they've built stages there, I have no doubt that they would make, if they made some short courses, if they made some medium courses, that they would make them really, really well. Um, yeah. They just, their their philosophy and the match director's philosophy was more that like, if people are coming to a 12 stage match, they don't want to come and just shoot 250 rounds. You know, they want to, they want to come and that there's value in shooting more rounds. And yeah. there's definitely, and, and there's definitely that philosophy. There's maybe, and maybe we're in the minority, uh, you know, maybe we can get some response from listeners. Maybe we're in the minority that a lot of people would do prefer that if it's a 12 stage state match, they'd rather get 350 rounds to shoot. And that's what they would well, prefer. The, I think it's important to remember too, the quantity of rounds does not equal the quality of the match. I mean, area three is a no. four, area three is like a 400 round match. <laughs> yeah. But like, but I mean, so, but some people do look at it that way. Like if, if you, if they were looking at, oh, I got to travel eight hours. It's a twelve stage match, and I'm only going to shoot two hundred fifty oh, rounds. God. Yeah, that's not worth yeah, it. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to travel that far. Yeah, my my travel was more than eight hours. I spent eight hours in airports on delays. Well, that's because you ways. flew because you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I should have drove. It would have been quicker. Yeah, that's why we drive. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to Hitting's house on. I think I flew out Thursday night. So I got to Hitting's house on Friday morning at 4.30 a.m. And then uh, I got home on Monday or Tuesday morning, I guess, at like just shy of 4 a.m. It was like 3.45 or 3.50 or something when I pulled in my garage. It was a long Jeez, day at work. Dude. Jeremy, how many miles do you put on your car on this trip? Um, probably around eighteen hundred. I should have I should have checked. It's probably eighteen or nineteen hundred. Okay, seriously, Sasquatch, what? you you flew Denver was only eight out. You flew to Denver was only an eight hour drive for you, and then you drove with Henning from Denver, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, eighteen hundred. That's all you put on your car. It's 700 miles out there. So 700 each way, 1,400 plus about 400 while I was there probably. Yeah. Huh. So the, the thought in flying was, is I would, I was supposed to get in at like 10 PM on Thursday night. So then we could just leave Friday morning. What time did you leave? What time did you leave to go to the airport? Uh, 7, 7 PM. No, no 6.30 PM. Cause I dropped the dog off on the way. It was like 6.30 PM. Which would be what time did you get to Denver? It would have been I I got to Henning's house at 4 30 a.m. So it would have been 5 30 my time. And of course, smart. Yeah, it was great. And then worked uh, well. 
Now, I was uh, supposed to. I was supposed to get home at like one a.m. and I got delayed out of Denver for like two hours or three hours or something. I don't know. So I got home at like just shy of four. It was a uh, should have flew or should have drove. Flying, you know, at least the flight was cheap. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I think the I think the match was overall good. Uh, I think the level of diff- I think the level of difficulty for the match as a whole was a little too high. Um, like just like and I'm I'm saying that more from the standpoint of your average shooter. Uh, it could have this could have been a really discouraging match if you weren't like on top of stuff. It, you could have racked up a ton of penalties really quick. But I, I will say one thing that I that I found interesting on my squad, and I had some really good. I mean, I had like Nils on my squad, uh, Charlie Perez on my squad, Bob Crow was on my squad, um, and there were some other good shooters on my squad. By the time we got to like, we shot it all in one day. Uh, by the time we got to like our tenth, eleventh, and twelfth stage, all those like mini poppers at like twenty yards and stuff like that, dude. We were shooting those like it was just completely normal. Like we were like like everybody on the squad, it was, it was amazing. Like the, the the difference from the start of the day to the end, it was just like you see a twenty yard mini part, but normally like I'd be freaking out about it. Normally, like people's like, okay, you gotta like really sl- like slow down, like make a really careful press. And man, people are just going up there and whacking those things and just leaving it no problem. <laughs> it, so it was interesting how kind of people <laughs> like throughout the day is like they were. It, I mean, it, it's interesting from the standpoint of how how we are how we get to shoot usually in the US is just really fast hoser close in stuff and so we get used to that and it was interesting just seeing in one day how people got used to needing to aim and and being able to make those shots at at further distances and how quickly they adapted to it uh and i almost wonder if if we just saw more of that at more matches that people would just get used to that and that would just be more normal and it wouldn't be quite quite something that people struggle with as much. I don't know. It's just thought. Yeah. The uh the hit factors were a little bit lower than you normally see at a USPSA match. I won one of the stages in production with like a four point one hit factor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, the one with the, the low port, yeah. Yeah, normally normally that would be uh, a four something hit factor on a normal stage would be like I shot two mics and a no shoot on this stage and I had a four hit factor. Yeah. Yeah, it it did change things in that sense. So that that was really interesting. I liked it. Yeah, the math was definitely way different um on this at this match. Yeah. All right, so uh how did y'all's uh individual matches go? I mean, Jeff won, and Jeff is the production champ for the year. Uh, so he has won three out of five. Jeff is raising his hands over his head in a triumphal salute because he's the champion. We need to get a belt or something. I don't know what we need to get. Uh, I guess if there's if Sasquatch comes back for revenge next year, then we'll we'll make a belt. But he might nope. run to carry optics. I don't know. I just I just sold all my guns and bought some fishing poles. What as you, you get should. fly rods or as just you should. yes fly rods. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fly fishing in Missouri. That's good. 
so yes. Sasquatch, how was your match? Uh, second day was pretty good. First day was pretty rough. I, I could only describe it as I was just like off. Like, and it was little things, but it adds up. Like, as far as uh, like coming into position or something, like instead of, shoot, instead of being able to shoot right away, it just seemed like the gun was just bouncing all over the place, just just slightly off. And, you know, if, you, if you're off and you're bleeding a tenth here and a tenth there and a tenth somewhere else, or you're shooting a couple extra Charlies, before you know it, you've got a huge hole. And just definitely did not execute well the first day. Uh, second day went pretty well overall. I shot a couple penalties, but otherwise, like, the, the shooting was good. Uh, last stage was really good. Probably the best stage I shot in the match was the last stage. But just overall, first day was rough. Second day was was okay. I was I was not upset with the second day. First day, I was pretty upset with. Yeah. I, I can understand that. Jeff, how'd you... I mean... You won. Did you feel like yeah. you shot well? No, uh, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I it was nothing special to me. Uh, I mean, it was it was on par with how I've been shooting at, at club matches and other matches. Uh, nothing special. I shot two penalties for the match, both on stupid targets, uh, close close targets. Uh, you know. Fast transitions. Yeah, it was a fast... I think both of them were transitioning to a large popper that was pretty close. Uh, so, it was... I was pulling off trying to get to that popper and I was, you know, just going to throw one at that popper and not really aim at it and keep going. And, uh, yeah, that's where I threw those mics. So, I think they were both like an alpha or a close Charlie and then a mic. Uh, that that kind of deal. Yeah, so... Yeah. Those were my two mics for the, the match. Uh, other than that, you know, it, I don't know. It, it just felt kind of mediocre. Like, you know, uh, after L10 Nationals, I told you that I shot like the most consistently mediocre match I'd ever shot. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't quite that bad. Like, it was a little better than that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, except I wasn't as consistent. So I did shoot two penalties, but, uh, it was good. Um, I was talking to Henning a lot and we were, we were doing something interesting. We were like setting a par for each stage. So we'd see like look up, at, we'd pop up to a stage and say, okay, this one's a, a four Charlie par on this one. And the goal was to shoot four Charlies, right? So it was to not shoot over four and not shoot under four. Because if you shot under, you were, you were paying too much attention to, you're spending too much time on your sights. And, uh, anyway, it was just a game we played and I don't know if that, uh, I don't know, helped me keep my head out of my ass or what, but I mean, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, so do you think that doing that kept you more process based or do you think that puts you just results based, but on just rather points than on time? I don't know. I, I did find myself at this match shooting my sights like with a lot more attention than I normally do, which kind of just made me realize how much I don't look at my sights. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, mean you, that, you that were kind of an forced to at this match. Yeah. Yeah. But even on like the closer stuff, I was like 
two alpha one two next target two alpha one two uh yeah it was just it was really like calling each shot kind of deal and you know it didn't go perfect every time i still had stages where i ended up with eight charlies and two deltas you know uh but it was a difficult match it was a long yeah. difficult shots so uh yeah um, it was good i mean keep in mind when a target's at 20 yards it's really easy to shoot a delta on it especially with iron sights yeah i think most of my most of my points dropped though were on close to medium targets because, uh, you know, the far ones, I would take all the time to shoot. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I felt really good about the match. Um, it wasn't like I was in another zone or anything like that. It was just I, I shot pretty normal, in my opinion. Um, I had a couple of goof-ups. Oh, I okay, so here's one thing. I came, like, pretty close to a train wreck. I haven't had like a a train wreck in a stage in a uh, match in a while. Okay, like uh, probably like I don't know. Twenty nineteen was the last time I would really consider yeah. like a train wreck. Um, and I was close on this one with the stage with the low port. I tried to pop down there and just like throw two at the paper and wanted to steal real quick without really aiming. <laughs> like I yeah. like I almost didn't look at my sights at all, I don't think. And uh I think I like threw two at the paper, I threw one at the steel, I threw another one at the paper, and I went back to the steel and I waited. And the steel didn't fall. And I waited, I don't know. It it felt like five seconds, but it was probably like one or two seconds. And then I shot the steel again and oh, knocked no. it down. Yeah, so um, I I lucked out on the paper. I got like a Charlie and an edge hit Delta, and then the steel. Yeah, and then the steel. I I I did drive it down. So, uh, you know, if I had left that steel up, and uh, and then lost calibration, uh, I probably would have considered that a train wreck. Or I mean, at, if at I had thrown a mic on factor, that paper, yeah, yeah it was a three-seven factor. A three-seven. I mean, the then at that point, that steel, if you had left it up and taken a miss, that would have been worth four seconds. Yeah. So it was worth shooting it down, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If it, I mean, if it was only, I mean, if you waited five seconds, then yeah, you might have waited too long. But then, doesn't tell you five seconds. I don't think you would have waited that long. Yeah, but it, you know, it was just one of those situations where you you're trying to to game it a little bit by you know <laughs> not looking at your yeah. sides, and yeah. uh, it definitely didn't pay off. So, yeah, no, I mean, so I did I did the same thing. I did not shoot the disappearing target on that stage, and yeah, I came to that low port and just I whacked to it that paper, and I. I point shot that steel and smacked it dead. I mean, I smacked it like first shot, but it was like, I don't know how much front side. I was trying to see the front side, but I'm not sure how much I actually saw on any of those three shots. Right. Yeah. And I shot the steel and then I like pulled my gun down, looked at the steel, saw that it was an edge hit, put my gun back up and shot it. (laughs) 
that's awesome. So, yeah. It that was that was my roughest stage, I think. But it it was Yeah, that was bad. kind of inter- that was a that was a kind of a tough stage because it was unloaded start, it's a little bit awkward. Um on the start position, you were kind of coming back and shooting as you were coming back a little bit. It was um, loaded. So was, oh, was that one loaded? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of a different Y, uh, the different the unloaded start stage. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. But that one was that one was still a little bit of an awkward stage as is. Yeah, but so. yeah, so that was my kind of scare, I guess. That was the third stage of the match and i don't know i just hadn't had that feeling in a while like i don't i don't do that right like i don't i don't do that anymore because i've had that screw me over so many times to like to shoot stop shooting make a decision and shoot again uh like it's it's like the worst thing you can do one of the worst at least and uh, I haven't done it in a very long time. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I had done that and not shot it, like I wouldn't have lost the match, but I would have been pretty upset about it. I was still kind of upset about it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like, I mean, sometimes like that, like you kind of get lucky on a stage and like it, it's close to a, close to a blow up and sometimes you get lucky and it doesn't end up being a blow up. I mean, like it, it hurts you a three, seven was, I mean, that's a little bit low hit factor on that stage. Like you should have been higher than that. Um, yeah, but, but it wasn't like a two Oh hit factor. Right. Which yeah. would have really, which would have really hurt. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't lose like 50% of the points or anything like that. That that's yeah. like a true train wreck is when you lose yeah. like 50% of the points on a stage. Like I, I can I probably did that three or four times at majors in 2019. Like shot an awesome match, yeah. won won like half the stages for the match and then had one absolute disaster of a stage where I lost 50% of the points on the stage and it would end up losing the match. Uh, yeah. I've I've done that so many times that I've gotten pretty good at not doing it. So yeah, I mean, a- avoiding train wrecks is like you want to place well at matches. Get rid of the train wrecks. Uh, that yeah, for sure. That yeah. will help a ton. Well, it's just it's avoiding giving away points, especially easy points. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've done it. I've done it a lot of times. Yeah, it's way and easier it, to it give sucks. Them, way easier to give them away than it is to get them back. Yeah. I mean, because you can shoot a great match, and it, it just doesn't matter uh-uh. if you if you have a train wreck stage. I'm not talking like a mic or a mic no shoe stage. I mean, like right. something disastrous happens, like you forget two targets completely, or you know there, there's a prop manipulation that takes you an extra ten seconds, kind of deal, uh, like a true train wreck. Uh-uh. I've had my share of them. Yeah, I I don't know what that's like. I don't ever have those, but it's not. It doesn't <laughs> look good in the scores. Yeah, Jeremy's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, how'd your match go? Uh, it was like 
it was okay. Uh, I mean, it was better than, I mean, it was better than like single stack nationals, which I mean, like if that's the bar, then it doesn't take, take a lot to get better than that. Um, <laughs> so it was better than that. Uh, I did something that I, I cannot remember having done it. I'm maybe I did at a, I can't remember having done it at a major match. Uh, last stage of the match, um, it was stage 10. It was, it was kind of a memory stage, but had a lot of distance shooting. I mean, like a lot of targets in that 20 to 25 yard range. And then a few, a couple that were closer, but with some pretty, quite a bit of distance. I was first up on it. Um, and so I didn't get as, I didn't get as much time to look at it. And there was one target. You guys, you guys know it. Like you had to shoot the four steel and then you had to pick up one paper that was behind a wall that was like, I don't know, 20 yard target. And you, yeah, it's like that was the only place you could get it. Um, but it was right after there were like, like four mini poppers that were, I, I mean, were they 10, 12 yards? I mean, they're pretty close and they were literally almost touching yeah. each other. Like they were like the transitions were like nil. Um, and so I shot that stage and got through the first half starting to feel pretty good. Uh, and like, I was actually like trusting myself. I was, I was shooting, I was shooting good. And like the gun was like predictable and stuff I was like, yeah, this is, this is like finally what I want to feel like when I'm shooting. I go over there and I shoot that paper and I whack those four steel. I mean, like, ding, 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 ding. And like, I was, and I was seeing my sights and everything. And I was, I was so happy that I got those four steel. And <laughs> I left out of that position. Like, I mean, it was just, I thought I was just like crushing that stage. And, uh, of course, I finished the stage, unload, show clear, you, you know, range is clear. And then all of a sudden I start hearing cacos. I'm like, oh crap. And it took me about 10 seconds and I look back because that target's like right over your left shoulder. Then I look back. I'm like, I did not shoot at that target. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I skipped it. The RO even came to it. Like, I mean, I think I had seven Charlies on that stage. Like, I mean, like that was, that was a pretty legit, I mean, shooting major, like that was, that was a legit score. So like all the, and all the, and the Charlies were close. It wasn't like I was slinging them all over. Um, and so the RO came to that target. He's like two mics and he's like, did you shoot at this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, no, sir. I did not. <laughs> I'd say it, but nope, I didn't. <laughs> um, so that, that kind of, that kind of hurt. Uh, I don't know if it would have moved me. It might've moved me up a place in the standings. Um, but it was just. It was like, man, this is like probably the best stage I've shot all year. Like, this is probably the best I'd shot all year. And uh, then you skip a target. It's like, you idiot. You big oh, dummy. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of funny. I mean, like, I mean, it's frustrating, obviously, but it was, I mean, after the fact, it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, just skipped it. Uh, as far as, like, the match as a whole, like, like, I was finishing the stages and, like, pretty much, like, every stage, it was like, except for the one with the disappearing targets was, and all the steel was, was terrible. But all those stages, like, it's like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Like it, like, it was just, everything was just kind of mad. And I think I finished, you know, 90% of the match winner, which probably, I mean, based on how I felt, um, shooting the match, that's probably about right. Uh, like that, that's probably where it should be. Um, I'd shot a couple of days, Bob Crow and I had gone out, uh, 
and shot a bit, uh, like Thursday before the match. And, uh, I mean like the difference, I mean, even Bob was saying like the difference in my shooting there versus at the match was just like, it's just like, it's a different shooter. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta figure that out. Um, one thing that, that seemed to help, uh, kind of halfway through the match, um, it helped a bit. And I, I just started telling myself, like, give yourself, like, make the shooting easier. Like, I felt like I was just like trying to push everything. I was trying to push everything to the ragged edge that I was just barely hanging on. And it was like, dude, just put the sights in the middle of the target. And then like, then the shooting gets easier. Like, just make, make it easy, make it simple. Like put the sights in the middle of the target, give yourself as much margin as you can. Um, obviously you don't just like slow, you don't go super slow doing that, but, but do that. And then, then you're not, I don't know from that. I feel like from that point, like then I had a chance to be aggressive. Uh, like I had a chance to start trusting, trusting myself. Um, and so, you know, uh, hopefully I, hopefully there's something there that I can use to go forward and, and get better with, uh, at least get get my mass performances a little bit more up to par with my skill set. Huh. Yeah. So that's 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 all I can say. That's what I'm hoping. Uh I mean I do like that's only my it's my third match of the year of any kind. Like including like locals, yeah. anything. It's my third match of the year. Like it's it's really hard to in my thinking, it's really hard to perform at a high level with that little match match experience as like recent recent experience i should say yeah yeah i agree yeah so are uh are you still planning on shooting like single stack after nationals like are you going back to single stack or you think you'll just stick with limited like for next season yeah yeah i'll shoot single stack next season yeah, I won't, I'm not going to stick. I'm not going to stay in limited. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with nationals next year. I don't know if single stack is going to be in May again or if they'll put it at the end of the year. Who knows? Um, right. If it's yeah. a similar schedule to what it was this year, then I'll do what I did this year. I'll shoot single stack first half of the year and limited probably the second half of the year. That's probably what I'll do if it's if it's a similar schedule. Are you so if they do something similar and they have low cap nationals in friggin may or june again probably be april next year probably yeah or or march you know (laughs) um are you gonna take like an extended off season or like are you gonna actually try to be at your best at that early ass nationals uh i mean i won't I, i will start shooting earlier than i did this year um yeah yeah i mean this year like cora was born feb february 26th and then nationals was five weeks after that uh mm-hmm. and so like that was just i mean i was just busy like i just didn't have time to go like to train to do anything um so so i so next year i won't i won't be dealing with quite that same thing um i will try and start training earlier it's i know i live in texas but like trying to train and plan on training in february is tough like 
it, it's cold. Like it's cold. The days are super short. I mean, it's the sun is set yeah. at like five forty-five, uh, and it's freaking cold. And it's just like training that early is just tough. Uh, and it, I mean, obviously, like it's like that all over oh. the country. Uh, I'm not unique in that regard. Yeah, getting good training that early is tough. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, if they come out with it, then I will probably try and. I'll probably try and do a little bit more shooting throughout the winter as far as like if there is a nice day, just go out and shoot a couple hundred rounds um, and just like yeah. not be like this last year from limited at high cap nationals. I didn't touch a gun until five weeks before single stack nationals. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I probably won't do that again this year if I can if I can avoid it. Uh, that was, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I, hopefully, I, hopefully, I won't do that. It's, yeah, it's still frustrating. I know I've said it multiple times, but like, I feel like I'm just now really like, sort of hitting my stride, right? Um, just yeah. now getting comfortable shooting again, and yeah, uh, like I was, I was watching videos of my. Uh, I think they're just on my Instagram, some videos that I had put up from nationals last year. And I was like, dang, it's like, look how good I can reload the gun. Like I can't do that. Or I haven't been able to do that this year yet for sure. And uh, yeah, so I feel like, you know, in dry fire and everything, I'm just now getting back to where like I can load the gun semi close to what I was able to last year, right? Um which you know, low cap that that means something. Like if you can throw a mag in the gun pretty quick, that means something. Uh that's that's gonna help a lot, especially for those those tight one step, you know, to the next position type deal. Um Yeah. So Yeah, I mean yeah. I, like if if USPSA's goal is to have people shooting at their best at nationals. If they want the best competition shooters shooting at the best, having nationals in May is not the way to do that. Cause like, yeah, I've got it a little, I mean, it's, it can be tough right in the, in the panhandle. Yeah. The weather can be tough, but then you get guys like anywhere North of me. Like it just gets harder. Like, yeah. Like, no, I, like in yeah. May, they're still like training in snow in places, right? Like, it, <laughs> like they still have snow on their ranges. Uh, and that's ridiculous to try to have somebody prepared to compete at what's supposed to be the most important match of the year. I think we had snow like two weeks before nationals, two weeks before I left yeah. this year. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So how was uh, how was the uh, was it was it tense on y'all's squad like the competition or was it chill? I don't think it was too bad. I was pretty much out of the running after the first day, so it didn't really matter anymore. I think I was when like did six. you think? When did you think you were out of the running, Jared? Oh, uh, probably about four stages in. I just wasn't gaining any points and lost enough. I was probably, I was probably forty or fifty points back after the first four stages, and then by the end of the first day, I think I was like 80 or 90 points back or something. There's enough where it wasn't going to be made up. Jeff was shooting too well, unless he did something really dumb day two. So you yeah. were, uh, so 40 points down, you thought you were out of the match? Well, as I said, after like the first four stages, I was probably 40 or so points back. 
And I mean, I was still trying to shoot, but I just wasn't shooting good. Jeff was just continuing to make more points. Like my shooting was not there. I wasn't going to be there. Interesting. So what was your mindset coming into day two? Good night's rest, shoot the stages. Got home, went to bed early, or got to the hotel, went to bed early. Shot much better day two. You didn't go eat Mexican food and drink a pitcher of margaritas? No, we ate at uh, like a winery place in Palisade. Oh, nice. I only had like two beers. Whoa. What? No wonder you got your butt kicked. He was taking it serious. Drink a bunch of water. You don't know how to perform if you don't have a bunch of beer or margarita in you. It might have been the problem. (laughs) Might have been. (laughs) No, like I said, the first day I was just, I was off. I was, wasn't shooting that well. And then it was just too big of a hole. Second day, just shoot stages. Second day went a lot better. I I certainly still gave up some points. Okay, so I got a question. So, you say that you're off. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, like you're off? Okay, so when when I'm talking about I was off, like, I am certainly Monday morning quarterbacking that from, like, it's in the past now, and I can think about it. And just the best way I can describe it, it's not something I've really encountered before. Just like, like I said, coming into position, it just seemed like the gun was bouncing all over the place. Just like, it's like I couldn't grip the gun well. Just like I wasn't doing a lot of the basic stuff well. And it's, it's it wasn't like a ton, but if you're, it seemed like any action involved, like, moving with the gun was just a little bit off. Like it was bouncing around. I wasn't moving as fast with it. And then, you know, it took longer to shoot getting into positions, wasn't shooting out of positions. It just, just off. It was like, I was not gripping the gun. Well, it's the best way I can describe it. Interesting. So did you try to like fix that or you just kind of accepted that it's just not happening? I certainly tried to fix it. Just not much do about it the guns bounce around you can't you can't shoot if the if you don't know where the hell the sights are i mean i guess you could shoot but not gonna get great results you just gotta let the gun settle enough it just was off i don't know so do do you think the gun was bouncing around more or were you just expecting it to bounce less i don't know good question it may have just been a perception it may not really been that bad but that's certainly what it felt like yeah Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I mean, it is because like that's, it's an interesting question because nobody goes to every match and just feels on. So Hmm. like, so then if, yeah, you get, you get four stages in the match, you're 40 or 50 points down from where you're at. Like that's, that's nothing. Like that's 40, 50 points is, is especially when they're, it's all, be one thing it's all a bunch of short courses but they're all field courses like 40 points ain't yeah keep in mind you've got to beat somebody by eight by 20 percent a couple times they throw a couple mics you're right there yeah Um, and like i said i mean that is monday morning quarterbacking it like i was certainly off but jeff was shooting well enough that i mean i knew i was down then but by the end of the first day i was down enough that like 
I really wasn't keeping much track of scores after then. Like the fifth stage we shot, I think you got some more on me. And would we shoot six stages the first day or seven? I think it was six. Yeah. So, I mean, the question though is like, okay, if you're, you shoot four stages, you got a third of the match is gone and you're not feeling good. How do you, how do you rein it back in to get back in the match? You go to the next stage and you treat it like a, a new stage and focus up and shoot it. Like, but maybe if you're bleeding points, I, you're bleeding points. I, I think that answer is bogus. <laughs> you just, All right. you're, you're not like, you're, you're saying like, I just wasn't feeling, I just wasn't, I just wasn't shooting good. I just wasn't feeling, I was just off. So my answer is just, I'm just going to go to the next stage and treat it like a new stage. Yeah. Yeah, remember, and you're asking, we're, we're talking about this eight days after the match, so I've had a lot of time to think about it and stuff, too. But, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. And I, mean, I was certainly still trying, but I, I, I knew where my shooting was at, and I saw Jeff shooting, so I knew knew where it was at. I mean, I'm still trying to shoot, but just because you wish something to be doesn't mean it's going to be. You want to know where I beat Jared? I beat him before this started. You want to know where it was? I want to know. <laughs> when you it drove was, out there instead of flying out there? <laughs> That's what it was. No. No, it was uh, It was match morning in the hotel room when I was dry firing. I was too fast. He couldn't handle it. He saw me dry firing, and he was like, fuck, I can't do this. It it is it is a fact. I was going to change my flight and just fly straight out of Grand Junction, but Southwest didn't fly there, so I had to stay and shoot the match. <laughs> I believe it. And I would have just not shot the match, but I had too much ammo to fly back with, so I had to burn up enough that I could fly back. Yeah, that's where it was. That's where I beat him. I yeah, I believe it. I've seen Jeff's reloads. They're like fastest things in the country. Not really. <laughs> I think at one point, I think at one point when he was dry firing, I either saw him throw a mag across the room, or like jamming it into the side of his gun so hard I wasn't sure he'd be able to get it out of the gun. No, I do remember dry firing that that morning. I, I was trying to reload the gun, and I I like failed like four reloads in a row, like hitting the mag on the edge of the mag well, like in the exact same spot. I did it like four times, just like dead stop, dead stop. Dead stop. Dead stop. Yeah, it was pretty rough. But I still got to him. The morning of a match, whenever I have, like, when if I'm dry firing and I do, like, I'm throwing mags across the room because, like, you're missing loads or, yeah, you're stick Like, that's when I know the match is going to be good. Oh, hell yeah. It's like, like, when it's terrible, like, like, like the, like, straight out of the gate, if it's just terrible, like, in the hotel room, it's like, okay, this is going to be, like, my gun handling is going to be, good at the match i don't know like that's just that's just what i think mentally whenever it's like that really yeah that's interesting no i can i can definitely see that like i i shot a match on sunday so i dry fired i was dry firing saturday night and like i missed the magwell just slightly at the front of the cz mags when i do that they'll pinch my finger and it just like it cut the it cut my finger when it missed so i had like blood all over the bag and then reloads were perfect this weekend. Today, when I trained, perfect reloads. 
I, yeah, it's, it's something I, I think it's probably just a case of when you're dry firing loads, like you're certainly going to be pushing on a little bit. And outside of a standing load in a stage or something, you're just the load is something you're doing while you're doing other things. So it's not like the you're not like hyper focused on it. Huh. Yeah, like if I have that dry fire session where just like you can't miss a load, like you're literally like like you're like six inches out and you're basically just throwing the mag in the gun and it's like going in. <laughs> if I do that in the morning of the match, I'm worried. It's like, oh man. Oh, uh, this, oh yeah. Don't handle this is gonna be a long match. Talking about loads I did remind <laughs> I, I had I had something happen that I've never had the shadow shoes do to me at the match. So my, all all f- seven of the shadow shoes I've had will auto forward when you when you slam a new mag home from side lock. And on one of the stages we shot ten or eleven or something. I don't know. It was, I think it was unloaded start, shot ten or something. And when I when I slam the mag home, slide goes forward, get the next position, click. <laughs> it didn't strip around. So I must have bumped the uh Oh wow. The lever or something. Never had that happen before. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that's not too bad a one. Okay, so going back, because I do want to answer, because I called Jared out, and I, I should probably at least answer it. But, like, like you're four stages in. You're you're just off or whatever. I think the answer of you just – the next stage is a new stage. I mean, like, yeah, like, from the standpoint of not thinking about the hole that you're in or anything like that, yes, I, I, I think that's true. But, like, I also – and I, I get, like, I've had – several bad match performances in a row so maybe i'm the like the maybe don't listen to me um but to me at that point it's like okay let's try something different let's put our mental focus somewhere different let's let's focus on gripping the gun harder let's focus more on the front like aim harder or a better trigger press like let's let's try something different rather than just i'm off and so it's just not going to be good let's let's where do I need to put, like, let's assess what ha- what's felt off. I mean, it sounds like the gun was bouncing around a whole lot for Jared. I mean, that's what he's saying. That's what he feels like. It sounds like that's what he's saying now. Like, the gun was just unpredictable. It's bouncing around a whole lot. Okay. Like, if you can be of a present mind at stage five to recognize that, okay, stage five, I don't know whatever anything else is going to happen, but I'm going to grip the piss out of that gun. Like, I know that's what I know that's going to happen on stage five. Uh, and and see what that does. No response. No, no? I guess not. Okay, no. bad idea. <laughs> no, I mean you're you're not wrong. And like I said, I mean I'm looking at this from the ten thousand foot view of like you know I've had time to think about the match and look at it and like what was exactly in my head then is probably different than than what I think now, but. I just I brought up the scores and glanced through them real quick. And in the first four stages, me and Jeff split them. He won two, I won two. And but the big difference was the two I won, I got like five points. And the two he won, he got like he got like forty two on one of them, and I don't even remember what the other one was. Like just gave up a lot of points. Hmm. Mm. I didn't look at scores at this match. Until after the first day, I looked to see what they were. I I um, don't right. I don't think they were updated during the match because it was a probably a couple hours after we left the range before scores were right were posted. Yeah. Oh, they, okay, I but, think but I wanna, if you had the competitor app, 
I think you could have tracked scores on the competitor app. Could be wrong on that. Yeah, I was just like I was estimating them based on his hip factor and mine. Like, but otherwise, I wasn't like I wasn't like factoring really close. Like, oh, he shot a seven, I shot a six. Like, okay, I gave up like ten points here or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or, oh, I won this stage with a four, and he had a 3.9, so I gained, like, one point. Like, that's basically where, as far as the most in-depth I was doing on tracking. Yeah. Yeah. So, as far as, like, regrouping after after you realize things aren't going well, I kind of have two strategies. So that if one doesn't work, I try the other one. Um I haven't had to go further than that down. The, like I haven't tried to, to come up with a third strategy because usually one of these works. Um, so the first one is like Jared said, um, you just, okay, had a bad stage that that wasn't going well. Okay. Forget about it. Let's just do it again. Let's just do the next stage. Right. Uh, it's kind of, kind of like uh, just not, not letting your, your last stage uh, affect how you how you view the next one. You just come in at brand new, right? Uh, it's a brand new match, brand new stage. Uh, so if I do that two or three times in a row and nothing's changing, then I kind of like simplify things. I go, okay, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I keep making these mistakes, but this stage... I'm just going to put the sights in the very center of the target and I'm going to pull the trigger for each shot. And I just like super simplify it and like, I don't care what the time is. I'm going to do that. And usually the time's not any slower, right? Uh, with the adrenaline pumping and freaking your mind's ticking super fast. Uh, you're not really any slower if you do that, which, you know, that's a whole nother argument. But, uh, but yeah, so that's like my, my second tier of correct this shit. Uh, I, once I, I can't just like, oh, fresh eyes, fresh eyes and, and keep doing that. That keeps failing. I go, okay, so let's, let's forget everything. Super simplify. We're going to put the sights. We're going to perfectly align the sights on the center of each target. We're going to pull the trigger every time. And then you do that and you just kind of try to build on the momentum. Uh, okay. Good one. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okay. That was okay. All right. Let's do the next one. Okay. Uh, too many Charlies. Okay. Let's reel it in. Uh, I don't know. It's just like a constant self-adjusting strategy, I guess. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's really similar kind of what I said. I, I did half partway through this match and just making it simpler, making it easier is just give yourself the most margin for error. Uh, Like, like quit trying to live on the edge on stuff and give yourself margin for error. And, and then you got somewhere to, got somewhere to go from there yeah i i imagine if if both those failed my third strategy would be all right screw it just go as fast as you can (laughs) 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 i mean yeah yeah, some i mean like i I mean i've i've definitely been where both fail uh or multiple things fail maybe not those both specific but multiple things fail and at some point it's just like Dude, I'm just going to be aggressive. Like like I'm just going to shoot like as if I'm going to like just dominate this stage and 
like I, I had it, the one stage where I shot a miss, I shot that stage like that. And I ripped that stage. Like, I mean, it was, it was just an absolute ripper. And I had a, it was a, like a 15 yard open that I was shooting on them. There were two of them that I was shooting on the move. And the fourth shot of that array, I just, I had stopped aiming by that point. And so I, I missed, uh, but, <laughs> but otherwise, like I ripped the stage was just like, so it's like, okay, that almost worked. So, and sometimes, yeah, it's just like, I'm just going to be aggressive. Um, and I actually think Jared didn't ask for this advice. I think that's where Jared needs to go more often. Like he needs to like, things aren't going right. I'm going to be aggressive on this stage. I'm going to rip on it. Uh, and I'm going to shoot like I own it because the gun is like a 22. I can shoot as fast as splits as I want, and I'm just going to rip on it. Um, I would like to see Jared do that more at a match. Maybe. I think he would see some, I think he could yeah. see some, a lot better results through doing that. Well, the other side of this too is like since nationals, I mean, the bulk of my training and like most of the local stuff I've shot has just been like pushing speed, like trying to be the fastest route time. The matches, obviously not shooting to the point where you can't, where you're just missing everything, but just like trying to push it as close to the edge as possible. And on the other side of it, like that's what I've been doing lately. This match was uh, definitely not very beneficial to pushing speed as hard as you possibly could. Like it was, the, it was a lot different than what I'd been doing. Probably should have done some more distance shooting ahead of time. See, so I think I think that's hmm. where you lost this match. Is because you should have just kept. You could should have shot this match, pushing pushing the speed, be the fastest guy. I think you should have shot this match like that. Because it, I, I mean, it, it now makes sense that you fell off. Because you've been training the last six weeks, push the speed, push the speed, push the speed, and all of a sudden you get to this match and you try to shoot completely differently. Uh, so that makes sense that you felt off. I'll push the speed tomorrow. You have a match tomorrow? Yeah, we have a Tuesday oh, night indoor, indoor match. Well, yeah, that's all that matters is raw time at that match. Uh, yeah. It's raw time last like, like, so, but I think this would have been a good match. Like, your middle of the season, like, you're fairly, I mean, you're, you're shooting quite a few matches. You've been shooting quite a few matches and stuff. Like there's literally no consequences of this match other than Jarrett or Jeff wins the Jeff might win the season award, but I mean, like that's, I was really going to, not that serious a thing, but I was like, going to smother match. him. I was going to smother him with his pillow, but he just looked too adorable while he's sleeping. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really understand that statement, but okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no one's ever said that about me. <laughs> yeah, his wife hasn't even said that about him. Nope. Um, but like, like it's kind of a, like like area three is is the same thing. Like it's like there's nothing really around it that's like super big. Like that's a good match to like. Okay, let's push it. Like let's push the speed and say I shoot ten mics or whatever on the match. So what? Like like. You like see where like see where that's at like, but maybe you push the speed and you kind of go for broke, and crap, you win the match like you have the best match you've ever shot. Um, because this match was the Bighorn match two years ago was very similar as far as difficulty level, 
and I shot with absolutely zero fear of having misses. Like I, like I didn't care. Like if I had a miss, whatever, I didn't care. And I ended up shooting clean as the best match I ever shot. Uh, and it like, cause, and I think it's cause I just did not care if I made a mistake. It was like, if I make mistakes, oh, well, I'm going to push, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to, I'm going to trust that what I'm doing is, is going to work. And it, and it worked out. Do you think that's repeatable though? Or do you think that was a one-off to, to, to push that hard and not care and it to go your way? Uh, so like, I wasn't like shooting stupid. Like, I don't know if that, like, I don't know if that makes no. sense. It wasn't like I was like shooting 20 splits on 20 yard targets, like the whole match. And it just happened. To, it wasn't like I just happened to hang everything on there. It was more just like, I'm going to shoot at a speed where I know, like, if I don't do stuff correctly, a miss, like a mistake might happen, but I'm going to trust that I'm going to do stuff correctly. And you're just shooting, I, you're shooting close to your limits. Uh, I'm shooting. I, I see. I don't. Need, I don't think limits was is the right thing because it wasn't like I was pushing, but it was just like I by just being aggressive, I shot closer to what my normal capabilities are. He got no limits, Jared. Yeah, no limits. He got uh, no limits. I, that's hopefully that's not what that sounded like when I just said that. Uh, but it is just. <laughs> Like it was, I mean, at that point in my career, because I, that was the best match that I shot, but I had several matches in a row that were, that was like that. Um, And, and then off season came and then COVID came and then it just kind of all fell, fell to crap. Uh, But so, no, I don't, I don't think it was just a one-off in all honesty. I, I don't, I just, I think it was like, it forced me to shoot with, a hundred percent trust in my, I had to a hundred percent trust my abilities at the speed I was shooting. And in doing that, I shot really well. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if that, I don't know if that explained it at all. Um, but you, are you shooting area three? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. I'm shooting area three. You were just talking about. Yeah, so I and I am actually going to run a local match the week before Area Three, so I'm going to at least get another match in, which I'm actually really excited about. Yeah, I've got to like I've got to start building stages for it now because otherwise it won't happen. But I'm going to try to I'm hope planning on running a local match the weekend before that, and so that will be good. To well, uh, you should just come up and shoot free state. I can't. When is free state, Jared? The weekend before Area 3. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I can't be gone. Because I'm I'm gone the weekend before that. So that'd be like three weekends in a row. I can't do that. Yeah, dude. July is crazy. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, so I've got... I'm leaving town Sunday, returning the following Sunday, and then... Uh, I've got that match and then out of town for area three. So basically like three weeks in a row were completely tied up. Like this week, it was like my only off weekend in July. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be freaking crazy, but I'm looking forward to area three. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, I'm like riding high coming off this match. Freaking asserted my dominance over Jared. Mm, I'm feeling good. Area three should be fun. 
uh, hopefully nobody will get accused accused of cheating or anything like that at Area Three, which would be great. Okay, Area Seven. Uh, if people didn't look at the results for Area Seven, they need to go look at go to practice score, look it up. Uh, Mason is shooting Caryoptics. He's training for nationals. Uh, yeah. in carry optics this year and Max Michelle was there at area seven. And so they kind of, it's like team SIG, like went off against each other. So Max won by basically one percentage point. It ended up being, uh, 14 match points. Their time, their overall times for the match, Max Michelle was 159.59 and Mason was 159.18. So <laughs> basically, a tie, like statistically right. a tie. Uh, exactly Max tie. shot 238 alphas. Mason shot 238 alphas. So a little tie. Uh, Max shot 40 Charlies. Mason shot 38 Charlies. Max had one Delta. Mason had two Deltas. And then Mason had one miss. So like <laughs> literally, oh God. Literally one shot. They were one shot short of literally basically tying for the entire match. Uh, like there have been closer matches from like a like points or percentage finish, but I've never seen a match where categorically it's all exactly the same except one. There's that one miss on Mason's score that's not on the uh, on Max's. Uh, that's pretty insane. It, the, Carry yeah. Optics Nationals is going to be interesting this year. Yeah, like, it is. there is a lot of heat in it. I mean, you've got how many? I wonder how many guys in that division have won the nationals before that'll be there. At least four or five. Maybe that have won a nationals. Period. Yeah, there, there may. Yeah, not not care. Obviously, Carry Optics Nationals only ever been won by Max, which. But there's probably four or five other guys who have won a nationals in the last few years that'll be competing with him. Uh, Mason is for Mason is for sure. Um, I'm I'm not sure that. uh, Oh, Christian might be shooting. See, I'm not sure. I'm sure JJ will. And Nils has. So that's at least like four likely guys. If you get. If you get uh, JJ and Christian that shoot, if they shoot CO as well, um, yeah. And, and I shot with Nils at Bighorn. I mean, the dude is just world class. Like, like when he two years ago, I think it was when he first started shooting CO. Like, yeah, there was a bit of a learning curve for him with the dot. And he will like he will readily like agree. Like, yeah, it took him it took him a while. There was a bit of a learning curve, but that learning curve is gone. Like, he's yeah. it's not. It's but, not a problem anymore. Uh and like he he did some stuff at Big Torrance like holy crap. Like, I I, th- that's I think really good. I think what'll be interesting <laughs> is is seeing how Max performs in Nationals though. So, you know, he's won every CO Nationals ever. And and this year for sure is going to be the most contested. And obviously there's, you know, multiple guys that'll be right on his heels. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh if he continues just to dominate or if it's a much closer match this year. Yeah. Oh, it's it will be a closer match. I mean, oh yeah. There has never been the heat in CO that there is going to be this year. Like like I'm not I'm not like trying to knock anybody that shot heat CO in the past, but 
you haven't had the Nils, the JJs, the Masons, um, mm-hmm. the Max. Like you haven't had all of them shooting CL before. Yeah, it'll be so, it'll be the first year where there's like five guys that are capable of winning the match in the match. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's any way Max is going to take it again. Wow. I mean, it, it, it'll definitely be the toughest one if he, if he wins, but it'll, it'll show if he completely rises to the challenge or, or not like, no, I mean, if he wins, if he wins the fifth one straight with this crowd, it'll, it'll definitely be a statement. I, predict I mean, he falls. Makes, yeah, I mean, Jeff's, Jeff's predict prediction isn't that far off. Just given that, the first match that I know of that Mason ever shot in CO, he basically shot him to a tie. I know Max won, like like Mason had that. I think it was like Mason had kind of trouble on one stage. Um, but he basically shot Max to a tie, and Max has shot nothing but CO for the last five years. And that I know of, this is Mason's first match in, in CO. I could be wrong about that. I, I don't like watch every match that makes shoots, but that I know of, this is his first one. Which is good. Like, I love, like, that's that's awesome to have parity in the sport and you don't know who's going to win going into a match. Mm. Apparently, we also need to take a little bit of credit for uh, Nils winning nationals this year because <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> yeah. Jessica was listening to the podcast where we did our predictions before the match and I think I predicted Neil's third. Uh, I don't think Jeff had him in his top three. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was. No, I, I did. I remember because y'all were like, "You don't have Nils in there." I was like, "No, I don't think he'll be in the top three. <laughs> 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 so apparently, Jessica, his wife, listened to it, and uh, she heard all our predictions, and then she was like. Nils, come here. And like she was like sitting in her car. He's like, what? Like, come sit in my car. Like, like in his like their driveway or the garage or something. And so then she had made him listen to like where we went through the predictions. And apparently he was just like, hmm. Nobody thinks I'll win, huh? <laughs> and uh yeah. He he I think he used that for a little bit of motivation. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was the first thought in his mind every practice session. Yeah, I'm taking credit for it. Like the Hit Factor <laughs> podcast is why Neil's won. So I don't think any of us should predict Neil's to win the CO Nationals for his sake. We should, right? Yeah. We can make I predictions right. closer to time because I want to see how everyone's shooting a little farther into the season. No, we're not yeah, making predictions now. We're not making predictions now. Other than Max is not going to win, I'll go ahead. <laughs> Other than Jeff is saying Max is not going to win. Yeah. All right, that was Bighorn. That's our wrap-up. That was a good match. I hope you guys enjoyed going there. Um, I had a lot of fun. fun. It was a fun trip. Minus the flight delays. That part kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah, Denver had a lot of those, and that's... Oh, I could... You know, Kansas City, I knew, like, our airports doesn't have a lot after security, so everything's closed pretty early. But I was really surprised that I couldn't get a beer at Denver at nine o'clock. Like nothing was open. Yeah. I mean, it's just massive staffing issues. I mean, like for the airlines, like they don't have the staffing to 
the staff, all the flights, the when they were running into that. And then, yeah, staffing, just people in the airports. People don't want to work. Biden's giving them all the free money, so why would they work? <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll stop the recording there before Jeremy keeps talking. Oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>